This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June the 20th, episode 2956. This episode is brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, Horse World. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of year. This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, Your Grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. Well, good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining me this morning. Jamie is on her way home from the movement, and we're going to hear from her a little later in the show. But on today's episode, we have host of Retired Racehorse Radio, Joy Orr, is on to discuss what Juneteenth means to her. And also, Jamie and Coach Jen sent some interviews from the movement at Flag is Up Farm, which was held last weekend. I'm going to play those for you, so I think it's going to be a fun show today. I am feeling a little better. Thank you to everybody who reached out and asked. Uh, I finally got rid of most of my symptoms from three weeks of COVID, and I'm only left with the fatigue part. Boy, that one is real. I get to one o'clock in the afternoon, and I just feel like I can't do anything. So those that have, are dealing with that now, I know a bunch of you are that started about the same time as me, are dealing with the fatigue thing. That is a real thing, and I'm not used to working half the week Uh so so it's taken some getting used to for me. Hopefully this week will be a little better. We have lots of fun things, new things coming up on Horse Radio Network, uh, and I need to get to work on them. So hopefully I can put in a full week this week, and hopefully you're if you've been sick with COVID or anything else as well, that you're feeling better too. So let's get on with the show. First, we have some Daily Winnies. Well, happy birthday to auditors Jack Matt, Linda Carpenter, and Karina Marote. Happy birthday to all of you, and we hope you have a terrific day. We also have some brand new auditors I'd like to mention. Regina Veroli, Buck Naked, and Heidi Smith. Thank you all for joining. And also we had one auditor increase her pledge, Carrie Garvey. Thank you so much for doing that. It's kind of cool when auditors increase their pledges because they signed up in the first place because they got value out of the shows. That just shows that they're continuing to get value or even more value out of the shows. So thank you all for signing up. If you too want to become an auditor, kind of the insider group here at Horse in the morning in the Horse Radio Network, and you can become part of the cool Auditor Facebook group where we have a lot of interaction going on, and it's one of the most positive places you'll find. Just go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the Auditor banner, and for as little as $3 a month, you too can join the party. 
And now let's speak with host of the Retired Racehorse Radio Show and my friend, Joy Orr. Well, hi, Joy. Thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. You know, I find these excuses to have Joy in the show when really I just <laughs> want to hang out with Joy because I don't get to talk to her much anymore. So, <laughs> so thanks for doing this. Of course. So, uh, Joy, you know, we're, we're celebrating Juneteenth today, and mm-hmm. uh, I, it's the first year that's an official holiday. Yes. So, and I think a lot of people still don't quite exactly know what it means. They have a vague idea. So, can you just fill us in on exactly what it means? Sure thing. So, yeah, Juneteenth, especially in more like northern states, it's something a lot of us are learning about today. Um, Southern states, it's been around for a very long time. So, Juneteenth, also known as Freedom Day or Emancipation Day, is a holiday that started to take place in Galveston, Texas in 1866. Um, And with that is a celebration of when slavery was officially abolished in the U.S. Um, Slavery has been around for over 400 years in the United States. And the way it worked was the Emancipation Proclamation that Abraham Lincoln signed was actually set in 1863. However, we didn't have Twitter and Facebook and all the other things to notify everyone at a second's notice. Cell phones weren't around back then? Yes, (laughs) yes. So all the Southern states who had slaves had to basically be told by Union soldiers who would travel to the states and basically let them know, this is the new law, here's what we're doing, your slaves are no longer slaves, they are free people of the country. And um, Galveston, Texas was the very last one on June 19th, 1865. And the holiday began after that. Uh, okay, so I was wondering why it was a couple of years after Lincoln mm-hmm. signed, and you know, because it, it did, didn't make sense to me. It's like, why aren't we celebrating that date? You know, yes. Um, so that's I get it now. Okay, that makes yes. a lot more very sense. Very much snail mail, and it, it's finest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the next question leads to: What's it mean to you personally? To me, it's. That's such a a hard question. I'll I'll try to sum it up in a a few sentences. But I think the most important thing it is to me is looking back on all the work and dedication and allyship that has gone in for equality and equity in this country. And we still have a lot of work to do. But even with the Emancipation Proclamation, that was just the beginning. A lot of people think it ended all slavery. And the truth is, it actually ended it in Confederate states. Union states who still had slaves, such as Kentucky, Virginia, all of those, were coming in later on. And that was a whole political move. But it was a big masterpiece of Abraham Lincoln's plan to abolish slavery across the country. And with Juneteenth, the celebrations brought hope. It created stories. It it really created community and started the cycle of healing that was very much needed. Um, so for it to continue to celebrate, most of the time it was through food celebrations, food festivals, and churches singing hymnals. Um, it slowly grew over the South. Even parts of Mexico celebrated it as well. Um, and then as the great migration of freed slaves coming up North, they brought it with them and really just celebrated this this big sign of hope. And it took a pause during uh, this 
uh, civil rights movement, uh, which obvious reasons, that was a very important thing to happen in the country. Um, and, but it's great that it's made a comeback because again, it's just celebrating the work that's been done, you know, with my family in particular, you know, my grandma was a part of civil rights and her mother was a part of just trying to create healing. You know, she was a child of slavery and it's just really wild to think that it's not that many generations back for me. Um, and to be inspired to continue that work today of creating more, I'd say it's not so much the equality, but a lot of the equity that's needed these days. It's interesting too, because you're, you're actually a rare case where you know the history back to slave times of your family. A lot of, Mm -hmm. a lot of families don't. No, it's, I I have to thank my late uncle for that one uh, before he passed away of gosh, that was like around 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago. He did a lot of work in studying our genealogy. I actually have like a six foot poster of our family oh, tree. That's cool. Yeah. So he did a lot of that work for us. Um, but it, I am also very privileged that, you know, my grandma lived to 101, her brother lived to 103. So, and we were all big storytellers, hence I'm podcasting. I hope you got now. your genes well, from that side of the family. <laughs> I know. I, I joke all the time with Zach. I'm like, I, I'm going to have to get a second husband, a third husband by this rate. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but well, yeah, it's it's just really remarkable to like tell those stories. And I encourage everyone, like ask your parents, ask your grandparents, everyone, like ask for all the fun stories. And it's then so what I say is, I add to that and say, record them. Because yes. the one thing that I'm missing with my parents is hearing their voices. Because there's mm-hmm. very few things we have that are, because they died so long ago, there's very few things that we have that are recorded with their voices. Absolutely. It's, if you can record it, it's fantastic. Right on your phone. I mean, <laughs> you know? There's services now too. Like you can document their stories in these books and you pay like a minimal fee if you're that lazy. But I mean, maybe lazy is not the right term. Maybe creative, creative solutions. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk. Uh, thank you for, for explaining that and for, for sharing that. We appreciate that. And yesterday was Father's Day. I got to meet your dad, who is a horse guy. Yeah. Uh, so you had you had that privilege, too. You, you got to grow up in a horse family, and, and that's kind of neat. Cause, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I think I... All, all the stories that we record on our podcast, like I find out like my story is actually quite rare of like, yeah, I was bored and there are 14, 15 horses outside. Like I'm just kind of stuck with it. Yeah, now you're just making everybody mad. <laughs> <laughs> Until they realize no one hired help. Like I didn't have grooms or any stable hands. Like I did it all. So. Yeah, that's right. At 12 when you'd rather not been cleaning stalls, you were cleaning yes. stalls. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about Retired Racehorse Radio. How's it going over there? You have a new host. How's it how's I it going do. since that? Oh, it's so fun. Kristen is I mean, she's just excellent. She is a great fit and we always do miss Jamie. We we talk about her all the time and but Kristen has really stepped up and has brought some really cool elements to the table. I love that she's from the Western background and I'm in English background. So we're both amateurs too. Like we don't have all the fancy equipment and we're not pros. We're not, we're not Reese and Philip. Like we dream, but we're not them. You know? <laughs> um, so it's, it's really cool to bring both perspectives, especially when we're talking about the horses that we are featuring each episode to see like, well, do you think this horse would be like working ranch? I'm like, well, I look at it and I see more of a hunter. It's like, it's really cool to 
to be able to have that eye and and difference in opinion. I do think you guys complement each other really well. Yeah. Plus, she's hilarious. She's funny, like, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I we're, we're trying to convince George to let us do some outtakes because some of the things that come out, like, we're just... We're crying because we're laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for continuing to do that show. I think it's an important show here on the network. And thank you for, for joining me this morning and going over all of this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And I, for anyone who hasn't listened, you definitely should take a listen. We're doing a new series called Making the Makeover. We're following four writers, two professional, two amateurs, as they're getting ready to go to the Thoroughbred Makeover in October. Um, it's been really fun. We've gotten a lot of positive reviews on it. So definitely take a listen. Well, it's always nice to have Joy on the show and to catch up with her. We appreciate her stopping by today. Well, as you know, Jamie and Jennifer were out at, and a bunch of other people were at Helena and a whole bunch of people from the Horse Radio Network and our fans were out at the movement, which is held at Flag is Up Farm, Monty Roberts Place, Horsemanship Radio with Debbie there. And they had a good time over the weekend. And Jennifer got to catch up with some of the people that came to the movement to find out a little bit about them. And I know that Jamie sent in an interview as well. So I wanted to share those for the rest of this episode with you. Uh, but first, I want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor, the World Equestrian Center. They have many horse events over there and tons of stuff to do. They have uh, 10 restaurants. They have shows going on all the time. They have musicians there all the time. But they also, of course, have some horse sports going on right now is the 2022 Ocala Summer Series that premieres hunters and jumpers and has a total of $3.5 million in prize money. They start uh, started on June 15th and they run for 10 weeks. Uh, and I know that Kayla, who hosts the sales and breeding episode here on Horses in the Morning, was over jumping last week. She she started her, her show season here in Florida, which is an unusual thing to happen this time of year, but they certainly have the facilities for it with heated air-conditioned stalls and all the rest. Uh, they also have a 41,000-square-foot veterinary hospital that just opened, providing leading-edge patient care for horses and small animals, operated by the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine. Plus, their new magazine just came out. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. The cover article is of show-jumping Olympian Will Simpson. They have a great magazine. It's a lot of fun to take a look at. You can see it virtually, and I'll, I'll put a link directly to it in the show notes. If there's so much variety over there, it is the Mecca. It is the place. The, it is the equestrian facility in the world. If you're driving past Ocala on your way down to Orlando, going to see the mouse, or for whatever reason, and you're on I-75 heading past Ocala. It's literally 10 minutes off the road. Uh, take, take a day and go see the World Equestrian Center. Eat some lunch, watch some horses, tour the facility. It's just incredible. Lots of shopping there as well. WorldEquestrianCenter.com. And now let's take a listen to a couple of the interviews that Jennifer got in California over the weekend with a few of our listeners. And here I am hanging out at The Movement. Once again, this is Saturday afternoon. I'm hanging out with our best buddy and pal and auditor, Daniel Bacher. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. Oh, you're welcome. This has been fabulous. <laughs> I already can't say enough good things, and we're not even through the second day. <laughs> not even through the second day yet. So what did we just watch? We just watched them work with the horses in transition. They had two thoroughbreds out on their new obstacle trail course. Now, what did they do with those horses in transition? They were taking them through the different obstacles in hand, um, and allowing the horses to really look, relax, 
and then walk confidently over the different obstacles. They went through um, a swinging bridge, water obstacles. The water obstacle was kind of funny. Yeah. One of those got one of those two chestnuts is going to be an event horse. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. <laughs> he, yeah, he was he was cantering around and jumping into the water. <laughs> and then anytime you let him stop, he just pawed and pawed and pawed because he loved it. He loved the water. So so we're only on day two of the clinic. Do you have any, were, do, uh, so far, do you have any parts that, oh my gosh, my absolute favorite so far? I loved watching Monty work with the little Arab filly. Tell us about the little Arab filly. So the little Arab filly, I think she's like three-ish, and he started her in the round pen from start, um, started with a join-up, then they got a sur single on her, and he says she bucked like he's never seen an Arab buck before <laughs> for the length of time it was dramatic yeah Yeah. um and then they continued to work with her like two other times yesterday that we didn't see but just for a couple minutes each and then this morning they got a rider on her vincent's pretty gutsy yeah i wouldn't been good no i'm not that gutsy i'm sorry it was very interesting because i've seen him work with thoroughbreds more than anything else and for thoroughbreds their go-to is move forward go Mm -hmm. and this little gal really struggled with getting her feet stuck in the sand she just didn't want to move. So it was really interesting watching her figure out that moving is good. Moving is okay. It feels a little funky, but you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've an Arab myself, and we always keep him forward, keep him forward. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting. When so, he was young. Now he, now well, he just goes. Yeah, now, now, you have, now you have forwards more autopilot now? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Very interesting. So it'll be fun to, to chat with other Arab owners and see if... It is a more common behavior pattern for them when they get uncomfortable. Because she was uncomfortable. She was wearing a single. She was pretty sure it was going to kill her, right? Yeah. I've never worn one of those before. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. If And some horses get sticky when that happens, and some horses want to run away from it when it happens. And she was super, super sticky. She was. But she worked She worked it out at the end, though. She's so smart. Yeah. So smart. You're really smart. So that, that's interesting that the, the Arab filly was one of your favorites. So... Um, how did you hear about the movement that you wanted to come and see this? Oh, I heard about it through HRN. On of course Hit-On. you did. Of course you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and quick little fun story. I was supposed to work this weekend, and the only reason I got off was I sent an email to my boss, and I said, listen, it's the world. It's like a lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime thing. Like, it's my hero. I have to go see him. Horse trainer, famous. And she called me back within five minutes and was like, are you going to see Monty Robert? Oh my gosh, that's too funny. And I was like, yes. And she goes, I'll make sure you're off. <gasps> that's so So funny. I am so grateful to her. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Well, thanks for hanging out with me, Danielle. We're gonna, it looks like we're going to watch something here in the indoor covered arena. Um, I see cones and I see poles on the ground. I think this is going to be a long lining. Oh, this is going to be long lining. Oh, cool. Yeah. I love doing long lining. All right. We better get out of the arena now because I see a horse coming in. All right, I'm hanging out here with Kimberly Watts, one of the members of the Furniture Creation Crew. House painting. <laughs> house painting crew, that's right. You're the house painting crew. Thank you very much for the smiley face in our bedroom. I'll send that thank you to my husband. Yes, you will. And Kim came to the movement with all of us. She's hanging out here along with some other auditors. So, first of all, for folks who aren't regulars, tell us about Kim's horse life. Kim's horse life. I have been riding since I was born. My parents had horses when I came into this earth with my twin sister. And so I've always done something with horses. I 
started writing dressage in 1990 after doing various western sports and now I have decided that I've been doing dressage for a long time and I need to add something else to it. <gasps> and what's the something else going to so be? Now we are looking at working equitation so I can add some obstacles to my dressage work. And boy, after today and yesterday, that mountain trail looks really fun. <gasps> so tell us about what you learned about mountain trail and how you learned it here at the movement. I had never seen it before. I've seen it in print, but I've never seen any live obstacles. And the obstacles look totally fun. Um, and it's something you can do in any type of Western English dressage type garb and like any kind of cross training, it benefits every single horse and they have very low level stuff and then it just gets up to more advanced stuff. And it looks like a lot of fun because the obstacles are not just like tin cans on a string or things like that, that you might see or plastic blowing. It's the op obstacles that it would be in nature. If you made of natural materials, natural materials and that you would come across naturally if you lived in a place where you got to really ride in open places like yeah. that in the Pacific Northwest. Cool. So who was the clinician who came out to do all this to, to show it to us? That's uh, Mark Bollinger. And I guess he's won all kinds of awards and things. And to be honest, my ignorance, because I've been in my dressage bubble for so many years, I really had never heard of him. Now you have. But now I have. And he's actually quite funny just to talk to one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> so he went out and he rode his horse. And then he had one of his interns do in-hand work with a horse. So we got to see in-hand as well as ridden obstacles while he was out there. Was there an obstacle that you watched him work through that you went, ooh, that's fun? Or, oh, wow, that looks challenging? Was there any that really stuck out to you? I think all of them have a degree of challenging aspects to them. Um and Mark was saying that even with his horse checkers, that horse really does not like the balance beam because of a mistake he made early on in, in training with the horse. So now he does approach things differently. Um, but that one didn't look like near as much fun as going through the water obstacles and the swinging bridges and the ups and downs and over things. It does look way more fun to me. <laughs> I think it was pretty universal when we went out to the the trail course that everybody who went out and there was probably 40 of us out there to watch the mm -hmm. demonstration. It was, I think it was universal. <gasps> this looks like so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Grab me a horse. <laughs> go grab me a horse. There we go. Are you going to be riding in any of the one-on-ones or taking part in any of the one-on-ones? I am later? not. Uh, my new horse has been at my house or it was been in California now for well, tomorrow's three weeks. So I did not feel that we had any kind of reason to be bringing him all the way out here. Um, and when I first signed up for the movement, I didn't even own a horse, and I could have signed up for some one-on-ones, but I couldn't make a decision. So <laughs> by not deciding, I decided. There you go. So this is day two. This is Saturday. Have any amazing takeaways, light bulb moments, oh my gosh moments so far? Oh my gosh, it's a good thing I already had a horse because coming up here, <laughs> I've already had my eyes on two horses I could easily take home with me. There's a lot of those here. Yeah. The horse they used today for the trailer loading demo. Oh my gosh. I so want to... Did you, you didn't see the trailer loading yet, did you? I did see the trailer loading demo. I liked the chestnut mare yesterday. That was... The filly? The first one in the yeah. transition. I like that one's my top pick. And then that chestnut gilding that was in the... Also transition, but mm -hmm. was in the mountain trail course in hand today for the class. See, I didn't see that one yet, so okay. I'll have to keep an eye out for him. He'll, he'll be out there, but it was the second one. I think his name is 
I don't think it was Huckleberry, but maybe like Buckleberry or something weird. Mm-hmm. But I like that one. There you go. There, that that's the problem with flag is up farms. Yeah. It's chock a block full of horses that you so want to take home because they've got all kinds of really amazing training, but they're also adorable. That's it exactly. <laughs> they're so adorable. So tomorrow or later on today, are are there any other uh, topics or um, demonstrations that you're really looking forward to, or just going to take it by ear? I'm just taking the rest of it by ear, and tomorrow I will hit as many of the individual lessons that I can, uh, as far as being an auditor for that, um, and then just enjoying all of it, because it's just, all of it's like, oh wow, this is really cool. And the place here, even though everybody's really excited to be here, there's a very calm, zen-like atmosphere to most of the people here. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Kim. Thank you. Well, I have a couple of more from Jennifer and also one from Jamie that we'll get to here in a minute. First of all, attention horse owners. Are you looking to help your horse recover with ease after a strenuous workout? Would you like to nourish your horse and their digestive system? If so, try the new Purina Replenimash product. It's much more than a mash. Replenimash promotes hydration, replenishes electrolytes, and supports gastric comfort. Put Purina's research to the test. Stop into your local Purina retailer and grab a bag of Purina Replenimash today. All right, well, I'm here in Solvang, California at The Movement. We're wrapping it up, and I have been lucky enough to hang out with uh, Vincent Schirgen, and he's a, a German, uh, and such an interesting life story. So his dad was a champion jockey, Peter Schirgen, and now he's kind of following in his dad's footsteps. But first of all, we'll say hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so you're over here at Flag is Up Farms for a, a program in school? Um, yeah, so that's right. Uh, I'm doing right now a two-year traineeship in the horse racing industry uh, called Godolphin Flying Start. And then I'm traveling around the world with uh, 11 other trainees. And right now we in our U.S. phase. Um, and we always have like an individual externship in each of these phases. And yeah, right now we have our externship in the U.S. phase. And I'm spending my time here at Flegas Up Farms with Monty Roberts. Why did you, did you get to choose to come here or did they assign this to you? Um, yeah, so we uh, could choose where we want to go. And yeah, I choose Monty because for me, he's yeah the greatest horseman in the world. He'll love to hear that. He's right outside. I'll tell him you said that. Um, so what type of things are you supposed to do here at Flag is Up to further your education? So, yeah, I, I choose it because uh, Monty did such an incredible work with so many horses and especially like race horses around the world. Um, it's horses that have been very difficult to handle or horses that didn't want to go on the start gate and yeah just to learn from him how he dealt with these horses um how he convinced the horses uh to be easy to handle and um, yeah all this kind of stuff now, I- this is something i've actually been able to help with this weekend you have a mare and her name is ashley Right? Yeah. Ashley, okay. And so she did not want to go in the starting stalls. So Vincennes is, you're an actual proper jockey, right? 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, I have been a jockey for a few years, an amateur jockey um, back home in Germany. And yeah, so I rode, yeah, a few races. So Monty got in training a mare that would not go in the starting gate. And so you have spent the the last several days with with Monty and this and Ashley teaching her to want to go in the starting gate. And it's really been amazing to watch you work this horse in the morning. And, and because Monty, you know, he can't really give you a leg up anymore. I got to give you a leg up and it was very exciting. And I liked being a whole part of it. And I love being down on the track with you guys. And it was super fun. What are some of the things that you've taken away from teaching this mare to go in the starting gate? Yeah, so that's right. Uh, Ashley, she's a two-year-old. And but you're supposed to say, well, you did a great job giving me a leg up. It was perfect. Yeah, you did a great <laughs> job. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, Ashley, she's a two-year-old filly, and she is here in pre-training with Monty. So she, uh, uh, we prepare her to go to the track to the trainer. And so one of these steps is, yeah, going into the starting gate and... Yeah, she's um, yeah, uh, yeah. She's like a real filly. She's like very strong in her head, and sometimes don't want to do what we want to do. So we needed to work a bit more with her to convince her that she can go in the starting gate, and there's yeah, not a big problem. So Monty uh, used his come along. Um, and we went to the round pen and he, yeah, schooled her with the come along. And yeah, it was just amazing to it's see. It's amazing because then he's like, um, somebody hit me a tarp and he just sets a tarp on the ground. And he's like, mm, the mayor's like, I don't want to be anywhere near the tarp. And in three minutes, she's like standing on the tarp. It's crazy. Yeah, it was uh, just amazing to watch. Um, as you said, like she didn't want it to go on the, yeah, plastic. Um, and then, yeah, Monty just worked with her for, yeah, three minutes. And suddenly she was going over the plastic without, yeah. Without thinking about it. It was incredible to watch. Now, the most impressive part of the whole experience working with you and Ashley and Monty down at the starting stalls is the fact that the gates open, bang, and Vincent's and the mayor take off down the lane yet what is completely surrounding you as you're galloping down the stretch what's running all over the place oh yeah there are all over the place are deers and yeah <laughs> so we were just jumping out of the gates and the deers were in the middle of the track i mean if i were galloping with stirrups that are four inches long and i'm heading into a pack of deer I would freak out a herd of deer. And she just, amazingly enough, she galloped right through it. They just kind of scattered and moved right back along. Did you ever foresee yourself doing anything like that? No, not really. Uh, but, yes, yeah, since I'm here and I'm riding the horses every, yeah, every morning, um, yeah, I got used to the deers and especially the horses got used to it. And... They, yep, they probably still look at the deers, but they just pass them and don't run away or anything. They're not scared of it. They just, 
yeah, get too used to it. And I think that's, yeah, pretty good. It's am- it's amazing. I mean, they, they just popped right out and she's like, oh, I'm just a young thoroughbred filly. I'll just gallop right by. And you're like, that's no big deal. We're just used to galloping by deer that are just jumping out of the bush. Um, so it was amazing. So tell us real quick a little bit about this Godolphin training program that you're doing. Yeah, so uh, Godolphin, that's the name of the racing stable of Chaik Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, the ruler of Dubai. and That is a mouthful. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he has a great passion for horse racing and he has racehorses all around the world. And he wants to, um, yeah, bring the whole racing industry, yeah, a step further so he provides this uh trainee program and chooses every year 12 trainees from all around the world so this is a big honor to be selected oh yeah yeah it's it's a big honor and yeah i'm very thankful to Chaik mohammed for this great opportunity have you met him uh no not yet but next year in march uh we're going to dubai for the big races there, the Dubai World Cup Carnival. And then we are getting the opportunity to meet him. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I didn't realize it. I mean, this is a big deal, a selection process. Now you come from racing blood. Tell everybody who your dad was. I mean, most Americans, you know, we we won't know, but you're really going to impress some Europeans that listen because we have people all over the world that listen. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, my dad, he has been a champion jockey back in Germany. And for the people of you who know uh, Monty's uh, story, he was working with a horse called Lomitas from Germany. And he was very difficult and to go into the start gate. Uh, so he was banned from racing. And then, yeah, that was in 1991. And then, yeah, they uh, heard of Monty. So Monty came over to Germany and worked with Lomitas. And was your dad the rider of Lomitas? Yeah, he was one of the riders of Lomitas. Um, and yeah, this is how... I did not know that either. See, I'm learning so much about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, my dad was uh, one of the riders of Lomitas. So this is how the connection to Monty started. And yeah, then my dad became a jockey. Uh, no, he was a jockey, then became a trainer and is now, yeah, a champion trainer in Germany for, yeah, more than 20 years. Well, he must be pretty darn proud of you getting selected by the Sheikh to do this program. Uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely is. He's, uh, yeah, very happy for me to get this opportunity and, yeah, see racing all around the world. Well, for those who, um, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me. I wish you the best of luck. And for those listening, um, so Vincennes is like a, how tall are you? Uh, one meter 75. Okay. Whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a meter 70. He's a meter 75 version of farm boy. I would like for him to come and live at my house and work with my horses. Um, when farm boy's gone for the summer. <laughs> So it is so it's been so much fun working with you and getting to hang out with you and watching you ride and watching you start these babies. Everybody, the movement got to see you ride the the bucking Arabian monster that you got on and she was really, really good. So 
congratulations on all your success. And gosh, I can't wait to, uh, to follow you through your racing career. Yes, thank you very much. Well, here we are at the movement again. I've said that six times in a row now for the show, so we might have to cut that out. Kelly Ald is here, one of our many awesome auditors at the movement. And Kelly, you brought your youngster, Obi. Yeah. Tell us, give us the quick, quick rundown of Obi's stats. Who is Obi and what is Obi? Obi, or also known as Ovation, is my going to be three year old next Sunday. And so that'll be the 26th. And I've had him since he was three months old, and he's my Dutch warm blood that I hope to, of course, go to the Grand Prix to dressage with him. But he's also going to do mountain archery, ex- working equitation, mountain trail, of course, whatever I want to throw at him. So, so he's going to be awesome. We have a 30-year plan here. You have a 30, I like that 30-year plan. And you've been at the movement for all of the days, yes. and you're having a great time. because I, I, I can tell by the smile on your face. I was actually blessed that you guys have given me this as a... Winning option from the you, online Facebook. You won the contest. I did. No wonder you're super happy. Exactly. And Obi came down here. That was not in the original plan, was it? it was not. He actually went to Alamo Pintado, which is a very close by, well-known, renowned ho- hospital for some diagnostics. And I asked them very nicely if they did boarding here. And they said, they sure bring him on down. And I said, great, I'll just bring him for his first outing because this will be his first time away from home. And then they happened to have an opening with one of the wonderful clinicians, Mark Bollinger, and I got to do a private session with him with Obi. Now, tell us what you did. What what was the, the private lesson clinic for? What, what did you do? And tell us all about it. Well, Mark Bollinger being the expert in the mountain trail course and pioneering the sport as it is, and he actually designed and built the course here at Monier's Place. And so he was here to take everyone through it and teach you how to orient a horse and get them acclimated to be able to do it. And so it was really fun to be able to actually see official course designed obstacles and take him over some of them. And So for somebody who might not know what a mountain trail course is, kind of give us an overview of what you see when you go see a mountain trail course. Sure. There's some really fun obstacles, stuff that you would see out in the forest, like suspension bridges or trestle bridges. And they have both of those here. We also saw some logs that were put together as if they were fallen in the forest. So your horse had to walk over and navigate them. They also had some higher elevated poles that almost represented what I would picture railroad ties or something along the roadside. They had a giant pond that they can walk through that goes pretty deep. I would say it's probably four feet deep. And then they have uh, also this crazy bridge. It's called, I think, a rolling bridge. And it actually wobbles back and forth. (laughs) And so I think that just gives the crickety bridge experience. Yeah, the crickety bridge experience. So Obi is not started yet. So you did this in hand? Correct. Now, how about how many different obstacles did you guys get to experience? We did the teeter-totter, the suspension bridge, the pond, and the fallen logs, mm-hmm. as well as the ones I would describe, I don't know the official name, that look like the railroad ties, that, that upper... They're really high the poles. really high poles, yeah. They crisscrossed them. And then he also did the platform and the rolling bridge. And the rolling bridge. Now, which of those obstacles was your favorite and which of the obstacles was Obi's favorite? Mine's a teeter-totter. I think that was really fun to see him kind of go, oh my goodness, <laughs> I was really surprised. 
And then he felt super confident once he figured out wasn't going to be fearful or it wasn't something to be scared of. Mm-hmm. My And then his favorite, after a lot of coaxing, and we took this the longest, was the pond. Then he wanted to walk all the way around it. He couldn't get him out of it. He wanted to roll in it. He was just having the grandest time. So was this his first experience in water while working with you? Yes. So obviously it was a very positive experience. Yes. For a horse, judging by his initial reaction, could have been fearful of water or or balk at water because it, it took him a while. And by doing it incrementally in a little process like this, his first experience was going to be good. And now I, it looks like maybe he's going to be one of those horses that loves water. Yeah, that's where Mark was really wonderful because he was able to break it down and gives us some steps. And at first he was completely balking. There was no getting one foot in close to it. And then when he sniffed it and it wrinkled the water and had little uh, ripples go through, he balked. And so it was definitely a process. And Mark just said, we're going to he got my timing down. He knew, told me when to do things and how to do them. And it would just worked out where the magic came together. And then you couldn't get the horse out of the water. Yay! Well, thanks for hanging out with me. Thank Big smiles. It's so, <laughs> so great to meet you guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Thank you to everybody that agreed to be interviewed and to come on the show today. Thank you to Jennifer and to Jamie for putting all of those together. And thank you for, to Jennifer for representing the home office out there when I couldn't go. I really appreciate it. I was so disappointed not to hang out with everybody, not to have my able skeevers. Um, but uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't go because I've been so tired with this. Uh, and, you know, I just wouldn't have been able to last the whole day. So uh, hopefully next time I'll be able to go and do other events as well. I do love meeting listeners and and hanging out with all the hosts as well. So tomorrow we have for you the Certified Horsemanship Association episode. Then Jamie and I will be back together Wednesday and Friday. On Thursday, Kayla stops by with the sales and breeding episode with the help of Emily again. So I'm so excited to have Emily back on the network. She used to do our jumping show years ago till she got really, really sick. She's feeling better. And it's so fun to hear Kayla and Emily together. They make a good team. So, And also, then uh, I get one more day off a week. I like that, too. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Appreciate it. Auditors, thank you for supporting us the way you do. We truly appreciate you guys and all of our listeners. If you uh, can't afford to support through becoming an auditor, please, please, please go out and tell all your friends, rate and review us on your podcast player tell all your friends about it that's just as important that we build the audience and keep growing the horse radio network like we have over the past 14 years thank you everybody 